When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Sunday, February 27th, last weekend in February. I got the time just rolling on. Today, we are concluding our interview with James McIntosh. He's a writer in the Wall Street Journal. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, do that right now. So stop right now. Stop, stop. Okay. Uh, James McIntosh is a senior columnist in the markets section of the Wall Street Journal. He just finished up a wonderful series of articles about environmental, social, and governance investing. And yesterday we talked about some of the the parts of this process that are really hard for investors because these funds, they rated, but they're rated on different metrics and there's all different ways of measuring. Today we are really focusing on what can you, you, the ordinary investor, the Jill on Money community, what can you do with this information? Here is part two of our interview with James McIntosh. So what is it that concerned people should be doing if it's not, I mean, because obviously, all right, I shouldn't say obviously, on this show, what we espouse is buy index funds, be a passive investor, you know, don't make yourself crazy. And so obviously this means that you're going to own a bunch of companies, you know, little fractions of companies that probably don't do things you love. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's hard for some people to swallow. So sometimes people are like, well, so I threw 10% of my money in this ESG fund, which whatever. So you're slightly less bad. I don't know. But what should people do if you really want to make change? Let's go into solution mode. Well, let, let's define a few different groups. So the first lot, there's, there's a group of people who don't want to invest in something because they regard it as bad, uh, morally wrong, uh, they don't want to be associated with it. You know, there are, there are funds that will invest in line with various religious groups. So they might say, well, we won't invest in manufacturers of condoms. If they're, if they're Catholic, they might say we won't invest in uh, companies that charge interest if they're uh, Islamic funds and so forth. So there are, there are things like that. There's a vegan ETF, right? If you're, if you're uh, vegan, you might say, well, I'm, I'm going to invest in that because I care for moral reasons. Perfectly reasonable. I think you should expect 
over the long run, not necessarily over any specific period, but over the long run, you should probably expect that you'll underperform simply because you've excluded a bunch of stocks, you're less diversified. On average, over a long period of time, that should lead to underperformance. You can't sort of adjust for that. That's just what people believe. Fair enough, right? I don't have any criticism of that if people want to do that. Perfectly reasonable. There's lots of funds out there that cater to that. To some extent, you might say the same with environmental. You might say, well, look, I, abs- I, I don't think there should be anyone should be mining coal, so I'm not going to invest in it. It's fair enough. You can buy a, uh, an index tracker that is the index minus coal stocks, for example. And again, perfectly reasonable. You should probably expect over the long run that that would very slightly underperform the market because you're less diversified. The second thing is you might say, well, look, politically, I strongly believe that something is going to happen. And that's where a lot of the, particularly the E aspect of ESG people say something, right? So I strongly believe that the world having signed up to the Paris Accord and um, having uh, made all these promises about carbon emissions are going to follow through. And that means that there's going to be some clampdowns on the use of fossil fuels in order to meet those promises. Now, if you believe those things are happening, you probably think that fossil fuels will be less appealing on that basis, right? Fossil stocks are going to be less profitable. And that's perfectly reasonable, right? You might do that, whatever your belief about actual climate change. I mean, in principle, you could deny that climate change is happening, but still think that governments are going to act on it. If you believe governments are going to act on this, then you probably ought to feed that into your investment decisions. Now, I don't think that that means you should buy an ESG fund, but it means you should, at some level, invest according to how you think that's going to that's going to affect the prices of those assets, because it'll be quite significant, right? So, probably, I would say most people will get it wrong. You know, I'm probably with you on this, buy an index tracker, right, if you don't really know how to do that. But certainly, if you're a fund manager and you think that, you probably ought to be factoring that into your decisions, and if you're a a big pension fund as well. The first one is pure morals. You accept that there's a trade-off with investment. And the second one is pure investment, ignoring morals. You don't need any moral view, right, to say, well, this is the way the world's going. I want to invest according to how I think the world's going. But you've got to accept you might be wrong. Cynical Jill, and I am cynical, way back. You know, I come from financial services. I was a commodities trader. It's my first job on Wall Street. So you cannot be more cynical than that. In my cynical view of this entire topic is that these investment banks are full of crap. They package this stuff up to respond to investor demand. I'm sure that there are plenty of people, these organizations who do care, but it's baloney that it is essentially baloney. Now, you do the optimistic side since I did the cynical part. You already wrote in cynically, so you now have to do the optimistic side. Well, look, there are ways you can make a difference. Clearly, you can make a difference with your money, right? If you go out and you say, I found this guy who's got a brilliant idea to make a new power source, storing, replacing major battery backups using cranes or old mines, creating hydrogen using microbes, right? These sorts of stuff, which is cutting edge to the extent where, where none of it so far really works. If you think that maybe it can be made to work, right? You can step in where no one else is willing to step in and finance it. And if you do that, if it works, right, hey, you had 
an absolutely brilliant venture capital investment. You were the first guy who solved the, one of the major problems of the world, and you'll make a ton of money. And probably the reason other people won't finance it is this is wildly speculative stuff. Much of it won't work. But if it doesn't get financed, it's definitely not going to solve the problem. So if you've got a lot of money out there, you can step in and do these things. And there are some people who are doing that, who are explicitly saying, well, I'll finance these startups. And there are some venture capital funds that aim to do this. You can say, I'll finance these startups because I want to help the world and I'll keep my fingers crossed that it'll bring with it a fat return because some of these projects will work out and microbes will eat waste and produce energy and it'll you know all the planes will be flying around on on my magic fuel that I created using this and other companies will crash and burn because it'll be a disaster and you've just got to accept that that's how venture capital investing works if you're lucky on average you'll make money. If you're unlucky, none of the projects will work out and you'll lose everything. But you can at least feel that you're really making a difference to the world because you're financing something no one else would finance. So that project would not have happened without your money. And that's a definite, that, that, that's one way you can say absolutely that made a difference. You can, of course, change your behavior. I like that one. It's the one that feels like yeah. most applicable to the vet. I mean, I don't have millions of dollars or billions of dollars to fund a venture, but I can control what I do in the universe. That feels like the most, I don't know, like it feels like doable. Yeah, you can do that and you can try and persuade your friends to drive less and to cycle more and uh, to eat better and to treat other people more nicely and all of the other things you want to do to change to improve the world, right? Yeah, frankly, if you're an ESG investor and you're not doing those things, I think you're you're probably making a mistake. But you should also accept that you're not going to make very much difference to the world by doing that, right? Your personal behavior as one of billions of people in the world isn't going to be enough to make the difference. It's a good thing to do, but it just on its own doesn't do it. I mean, the same goes for your money, but at least you can try and do something else with that. A second thing you could do, you can make sure you vote. Uh, I mean, one thing that particularly is happening now is lots of proxy votes are happening to force some of the big companies to at the very least disclose stuff to uh, say how much lobbying they do of governments. For example, if the government isn't, I mean, clearly one of the most effective things that can be done on many aspects of ESG is that the government can step in and make it law. And if that happens, then that thing is going to be much more widely followed on whatever issue it is that you think should be done. You can make the company at least stop lobbying against that issue if that's something you want. That's been done at quite a lot of oil companies that have now pulled their funding for lobby groups that were trying to convince politicians that global warming wasn't real, for example. So you can stop companies from financing those groups uh, via proxy votes. If that's something that you feel strongly about, that's a, a thing you probably should do, right? However you're invested, even if you're passively invested, you can tell your fund manager, you can tell Vanguard or BlackRock that they should be voting that way. Okay, that's it for our interview with James McIntosh. Uh, Mark, let's put a link to um, his columns, or do I don't know if they live in one place, but a couple of the columns, and you'll see that I think there's three or four, maybe even five of them from the journal. Really good stuff, really interesting. And uh, for all the people who think I'm just a hater for hating, I'm not a hater, but there's just hard, there's not a lot of evidence 
that squares the popularity with these funds with the actual impact they're making. So let's try to do the things that we can do. Listen to James. All right. If you've got a financial question, head to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. We'll get your note. And uh, don't forget to let us know if you'd like to come on the air. Check out all the old podcasts, our radio show, the blog, the videos that we do, uh, resources section. It's all there right on our website, jillonmoney.com. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.